Hello, Wrestling Inc., and welcome back to the Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel podcast stream here. Thank you for finding us out there on social media, iTunes, and elsewhere. It's me, the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, and I have a great panel today to pundit with to talk all things professional wrestling this the day after SmackDown Live. First of all, I'd like to welcome Justin Labar. Justin, thank you very much for joining me again. Always good to now see you every Wednesday. I know, right, buddy? And the man with the plan, the man who started it all, joining me today, our first podcast together at my new gig, Raj Geary. Raj, thank you very much for, uh, as well for putting this together. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you for creating Wrestling Inc., Raj, right? <laughs> I think it's the best way to say that. Uh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Well, uh, let's get to it here today, gentlemen. Uh, it is the following day after SmackDown Live. We are on the road to Super Showdown. We are on the road to Evolution. Uh, we're on the road to a lot of things right now, but we're going to focus on SmackDown and Super Showdown this Saturday. Uh, and last night's SmackDown Live uh, was taking place from Portland, Oregon, and uh, was started off by Paige in the ring addressing the heinous actions of Samoa Joe last week, invading AJ Styles home. Now, Paige, infuriated by this, the whole WWE board apparently infuriated by this. They were so upset they were uh, going to fire Samoa Joe, but the man who actually saved Joe's job was none other than his nemesis, AJ Styles, which led to uh, a clip of AJ cutting this impassioned promo about why he wanted Joe to stay a superstar so he could get his hands on him and finish what he started at Super Showdown. So I'll throw it first to you, Raj. What do you think of this opener here? Do you think it kind of put the the right uh, necessary fire on this big title match going into Super Showdown? You know what? I, th I thought it kind of cooled it down a little bit. Um, I thought on the go-home show to not have either of the guys on uh, uh, was a curious choice. Really, it was kind of forgotten about this this whole match. And I thought uh, it made AJ look weak. Um, I thought AJ staying at home and being like, I got to stay at home, almost in tears. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't book – they would not book the people they – protect a lot right they would not book roman this way they would not book uh, undertaker or uh brock or you know uh, braun saying that they're going to stay home because they're you know you know the family's upset i think it made aj look weak the crowd uh was booing him he had a cool line at the end saying he was going to bury him i hope that's not <laughs> i hope that's not handing out a very live match but um yeah, I thought it. I thought it made the AJ look weak, and this did nothing for me I, or the feud. I almost feel like last week's uh, angle should have probably been the last one uh, before uh, before Super Showdown. Yeah, yeah, certainly a lot of fire last week, uh, but I think you're going to get that buried alive match, Raj. I don't think. <laughs> I think that even with the there will absolutely be a winner uh, stipulation that's been added to this match, we may still not get a winner. So, uh, Justin, I I'll kick it over to you here, Raj. Uh, it seems to think a wet blanket was thrown on this going into uh, Saturday. Is that the same vibe you got? Well, it's, they certainly didn't dump kerosene on the fire. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the promo by AJ was, was well executed. Uh, and I like the twist of him being the one to save Joe's job so he can go ahead and put, you know, so he can deliver the, the, the execution of Joe. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he's at home. At least if he's going to be at home, like he's at home sitting by himself on a couch. Like, let, let me see the family at least that's, that's crying, scared, you know. Uh, you know, and then, yeah, then not to have either man uh, live, you know, in the arena for the audience on your go home to this, to what's supposed to be this personal feud. I mean, I'll say this, you know, it's not, I mean, I'd hope to see a buried alive match. I'll say this for, for, for this, for what they've pulled, 
and for the whole home invasion and then the uh, you know, I'm staying home until Joe's on a plane out of the country, then I'll leave and go to Australia. This better be one of those matches. I, I don't want to see both men come to the ring and they wait for the introduction and they wait for the bell to ring, the lock up. Like this is one of those ones where because when you do this kind of home invasion, this needs to be AJ moving faster than normal, meet in the aisle way, kind of like how Ty Dillinger and Randy Orton started their fight that we'll get to in a little bit later. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though? Like um, this is the WWE Championship feud and how personal they made it getting the families involved and how low uh, importance wise this feels for the super showdown. Well, and I think they did that on purpose. I think they're doing that on purpose. I think they want to keep it hot, but they don't want to keep it so hot that they're building to the finish of these two. I think that, you know, it, they're, they're in an interesting spot right now. They're doing something that they've, they've not traditionally done in the past. And that's advertising multiple shows at the same time, right? You've got super showdown, but you've also got crown jewel, right? Evolution, doesn't involve all the men, but you still, that's three shows there for the women you're working with, right? So you need these feuds to kind of stay alive, I feel like, a little bit longer than they used to. I also think that the multiple shows announcement thing is uh, possibly something they've pulled from the independents. I think a lot more independent promotions are doing that now where they let their fans know of, of a lot more shows. So I, I think that this is intentionally done to not feel like the end. And I think that Buried Alive line was absolutely the setup for, for Crown Jewel, right? Or, or Survivor Series where they're going to do the, the all-out Buried Alive match. They're going to bring it back. How many more times can you do this match? This is going to be the third pay-per-view now that they've done it. Um, they're good. They're both very good wrestlers. They they're good, but... There. There's actual legitimate emotion there. That's not, very rare these days, you know? There is, but at, at some point, it gets long in the tooth. Um, at some point, they got to move on. And... Look, nothing on Raw or SmackDown, we're going to talk about the ratings later, is really knocking them dead right now as far as bringing in new viewers and, uh, and uh, you know, lighting the world on fire. I, first of all, I think WWE needs to make this feel more important. If they're going to keep going with this, you know, you're bringing up that they don't want to give away too much, but look at how big they were pushing uh, Roman and Braun, even though that wasn't going to the finish, right? That wasn't going to their last match. They need to make the WWE Championship more important. They need to make AJ more important. Stop always booking him, putting his match on, you know, in the middle or not last. They need to give this title, make it feel more important. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin, I'll, I'll throw it to you before we move on. Do you feel the same way? Do they, do they need to put more importance? I think we're going to get it here when I think Miz is going to beat Daniel Bryan, my gut says, at the Super Showdown and and go on to, to put these styles in a, in a bold new direction. I think will be great. Um, agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly could, uh, you know, they're not, as long as they have joint pay-per-views now, they're not, AJ's not going to go on last. That's just, that's just the reality. As long as, as long as Roman Reigns and, and Braun Strowman and, and, and such are involved or, or Brock Lesnar are involved in the universal title picture that, you know, AJ's just not going to go last. Um, I mean, yeah, the title that the WWE championship certainly could, uh, could use some added importance feeling. I think part of that, that's, that's a little bit where AJ's long, uh, run his long title reign. That's sometimes where that can hurt things because he's had his long title reign. Glenn and I discussed this a lot. Uh, up until recently, a lot of the t- a lot of it's all just about I'm the best in the world. Nobody can you know beat me in the house that I built. You know, this is at least something that has a little bit of, of a different dimension, different depth. But it's kind of just you know it's him doing all these you know just beating all these opponents. You know, the Nakamura thing I think was kind of a disappointment compared to what everybody's expectations was. Uh, were um, so yeah, I mean they they certainly could add importance to this, and I, I do think I agree with you, Nick. I do think once he gets past Joe, Miz probably is his next heel, uh, and the Miz to hit all the Miz's credit seems to bring the best out of everybody. 
Yeah, and where do you go with a guy like Joe? Sorry, Roger. I mean, a guy like Joe after that. You know, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world for AJ to get another big win and move on to a guy with Miz, who's a very different energy. But where do you, where's Joe left after this if he just loses? You know, I almost think Joe has to win. I think uh, I don't know. I think AJ versus the Miz is even further down. <laughs> Make it even uh, further down the line of importance. And Miz is entertaining, but. People don't take him as a credible threat. You know, they they look at him as someone who's an entertaining guy. Um, but you look at Daniel Bryan and how how hot he was earlier this year and just how far he's come down with this feud with The Miz by, you know, kind of getting punked out at every corner. And uh, he's just, you know, he's gotten a lot colder with this feud. I, I don't think The Miz is going to do AJ any, any favors. I almost feel like you got to have Joe beat AJ, and that's how you keep this feud going. Because AJ beating Samoa Joe again does nothing. Yeah, but Miz beating AJ and Joe doing something to help AJ lose the title, I think would maybe, I mean, you could even maybe spit them out and do it again after the fact. I I don't know. I I think these two have a real great blood feud energy about them. I don't mind watching them go against each other multiple times. They've kept it way more interesting than a lot of other storylines in WWE right now. And... uh, Raj, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, Raj, I don't think you're giving enough credit to the Miz here. I, I think in the WWE world, in the WWE world of what, what have you done in WWE? I mean, the Miz is a much more credible threat to take the title than Samoa Joe is. What has Samoa Joe done? I mean, you know what? You're probably right, but some, sometimes you got to look at like who would they book against who they consider a superstar, right? Uh, it, which talent would they uh, book against the Undertaker at a WrestleMania? Or and you know what? There's hardly anyone right now. You got Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, really. They put them, they put the Miz and Madison Square Garden against The Rock and and, and John Cena. So. Right, but that was a tune-up to their actual big match, right? That was just a, a, a way to pop a, a pay-per-view. The match that they were really building to was Cena and Rock. Yeah. And what I and I, I find myself in a situation of undervaluing sometimes the breakout, you know, beyond pro wrestling success of people like the Miz, people like Nikki Bell. I don't I oftentimes don't think I give enough credit to what Nikki's done outside of pro wrestling, the brand she's built there. Uh, but Miz, you know, the Miz and Marie show is amazing. It's hilarious. It's engaging. I know it does very well. I think that he's starting to find that kind of luster as well and could could be looked at in a very I think he's absolutely top talent. I'm with Justin. I think that he's he's a guy that's a, a real threat and people take seriously right now. So uh, you know, to your point about the Miz, though, I will say this: um, when you, you know, someone was asking me of, of the current when I was at the New Japan uh, event this past Sunday. Someone was asking me, who's not a, a wrestling fan, uh, who is the biggest star full time? You know, the biggest current star, and you know, not counting like Cena, but the current biggest current full time star, probably to the mainstream audience. And honestly. Uh, Mainstream people probably know the Bellas and the Miz more than anyone else on either roster. And that doesn't mean they pay to see them, but they know them. Yeah, I mean, you, you say people, you hey, remember the Miz from Real World, the Road Rules, right? And people are like, oh yeah, sure, oh, he wrestles still. You know, you kind of get a little yeah. of that. Yeah, I, I I agree with all, with all that. I mean, when the the reality shows on E, while while we as the wrestling purists might sometimes roll our eyes at the ridiculousness of them. They get they get watched, hence why they're still in the air. And I know that when, when, when Eva Marie was still with the company on Total Divas, you know, the time or two that I did media and stuff like that with Eva Marie, and I would post it across my social media, what have you, I would, you know, I would get such a whole other bigger reaction from people, especially like on Facebook and such, where you have like you know, people in in you know in your general life or whatever who. 
I oh that's the girl with the amazing red hair. I we, we, my wife watches her or I watch her. Like I mean, so the, the reality shows absolutely have a big thing. So yeah, the Miz and the, and the Bellas are top of the reality show um, for WWE. So absolutely, I think the I think the Miz is the correct answer, Rush. And we're obviously excluding Ronda Rousey. You know, yeah, well, of course. In a world of her own, different brand. Right. Um, uh, let's uh, let's kick over here. Man, a lot of time's been on the opener here. For good reason, though. Uh, a lot happened there. Uh, we'll go to R-Truth and Carmella. They took on uh, Andrade, Cien Almos, and Zelina Vega. A little bit of mixed match challenge uh, action. I also I love uh, that on SmackDown, there's almost like this Save by the Bell couples high school theater drama constantly going on. Like, there's a lot of couples on SmackDown live and uh, i don't hate it it's different i actually kind of enjoyed this not too i, I don't think i need to overthink this you know the fabulous truth picked up the victory here it's a, it's a uh, giant it's a giant infomercial for the mixed mass challenge yeah it, you know our truth's hilarious i don't know raj any any deep punditry about this one <laughs> i mean i like our truth um I just felt like this this is part of a lot of smackdown i felt like where you could have skipped this show and outside of the Aiden English little video bit, you miss nothing this week. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I felt with the show. And this was this part of it. It's just filler uh, that really, it's not going to mean much. It's just a, a promo for Mixed Match Challenge, which is, itself is filler. You know, it uh, it peaked at 42,000 live viewers this week. So that's how far down it's come. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, I see Mixed Match Challenge and I know I'm a 33-year-old old millennial, right? There's stuff that just doesn't hit me like it does the younger people, right? And I think the hip Facebook thing with the Mixed Match Challenge works for a younger demo. I do think it's it just doesn't, I don't know, there's something about it, the way it's packaged, I just don't think it, it appeals to, to an elder generation. I don't know if it appeals to millennials either, otherwise the viewership would be going up, right? Um, I, I think the, the way they market it is like to eight-year-olds with the words flying at the screen and then just playing off of each other's catchphrases. Like, yes, it does. It looks like a Nickelodeon show. Not that I watch Nickelodeon, so I have caught the Muppet Baby show a couple times just for nostalgia's sake. Um, it does. It feels like it's for like little kids. Like yes. I, I don't understand that. Is that the Facebook demo now? I don't know. I don't know, but you, I mean, you watch the show and it, it feels like that. You know, last night you had Naomi and Lana doing a, a three-minute dance-off, and the, actually, I think the peak viewership was during that point. Sure, the women have always traditionally drawn very well. Um, all right, let's let's move along here to something with a little bit more bite to it. We still got a lot to get to here on the show. Uh, Ty Dillinger went uh, approached Paige backstage, said he really wants Randy Orton. Orton viciously attacked Dillinger last week, and Paige says. Uh, well, you defeated Shinsuke Nakamura, or Paige says, or defeated Shinsuke last week, and technically Dillinger interrupts her, says he's going to deal with Nakamura later, but he can't let Orton's action slide. Paige points out how Jeff Hardy has been away since dealing with Orton. Dillinger doesn't care. He wants to take care of Orton. Paige ends up making the match, and, and Ty walks away. Uh, we can kind of table this a little bit, but I'm very happy. I brought this up last week, I know, with you, Justin. I think it's great to see Ty Dillinger with a little fire to him. I, I think the fans will eventually finally get behind this guy i think he's a good guy in this role um and uh man orton is a monster right now i hope he destroys evolution at smackdown 1000 i hope he just like ties up rick flair in the back and goes like <laughs> dogs on him you know that's what i want right now from randy orton triple h won't let randy orton destroy him though <laughs> orton does uh, the, evol the evolution reunion reunion will be kind of random because you have like randy orton right now who's like 
uh, he's like inspired by the by the Saul movies. He's like doing all this like torture. Um, and then you have you know Triple H who's getting back in DX mode. So it is going to be odd that they're right in the middle of all this that they're going to go back to doing Evolution for a night, assuming that they're together. And like you said, Nick, like Orton doesn't just go crazy on all of them. Yeah, I think Orton definitely should. I, I, I like this Orton. I think this is the most interesting he's been in a long time. I don't see much for Ty, unfortunately. I just see that they have him pegged as a utility player. They bring him out when they need him uh, to get someone over. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. I like Ty. I think he's a good talent. Um, you know what? We were talking, you know, to your point, Justin, about, uh, you know, Samoa Joe and AJ and Samoa Joe not really being that guy. And as far as Miz being that guy, which I don't necessarily see it. I could see them going in that direction, but I don't see that being uh, that that pushes the SmackDown feud way down, in my opinion, compared to the Raw feuds. I think uh, Orton and AJ, if you know, you have AJ beat Samoa Joe and Orton does this sadistic stuff on AJ, that could be something with a lot of heat and you got Orton's star power. And that is something I think could, uh, could bring the belt up a little. I, I have it in, ba- in the back of my head that Jeff will come back and they'll restart that feud when it's appropriate. I, I don't know um, personally, but with Orton, I am, um, I, I think he's, I mean, look, Orton is the best now he's been in a very, very long time. Absolutely. I don't necessarily see him as the guy for AJ just because, and this sounds weird, AJ's had a lot of really good matches. I think he needs a change of pace. And I think that The Miz, who, who does have g- very good matches, but his energy, the stories he tells are very different than those other kinds of guys. And I just don't see Orton as, as the, I, I still take Miz over Orton for AJ. Yeah, I don't see Orton doing the whole um, torturing AJ Styles thing. I mean, I you know I think I think it was kind of I think we got the big omen last night. Uh, again, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, listen to him as his commentary during Daniel Bryan's match, and he's putting down wrestlers and and all the guys that do all the moves, but they, none of them do have personalities. He even named AJ Styles. Miz did. He said, you know, you know, do you think that today's show is asking for AJ Styles? You know, they're asking. So right there, I think that's 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 your baseline for the feud. The Miz. You know, again, oh, you're so phenomenal. You do this, this, and this. Well, you're, you, know, you you don't have a face for television. You don't have a, you know, I think that's, so I, I think it's, it's just screaming at us, um, which, again, I, I would prefer that because, I, you know why? Because it actually touches a real button with, with you know, the same audience that's, that's watching this podcast right now is, is, okay, are you a guy who's more of a wrestling fan that wants the moves or are you guy? are you more of the entertainment uh, like that that would be more of the Miz I think it pushes those real buttons versus what button does it push when Randy Orton's trying to find creepy ways to make you cringe <laughs> and in the long term too I still I, I hope Miz does take the title off AJ if Joe cost him to it and you could go off into a blood feud with those two even further do the buried alive thing maybe at Survivor Series but Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble to take on Miz at WrestleMania is like, you know, it doesn't really get much better than that. And it's a very viable storyline that could still play out here. You've got just the right amount of time. Daniel Bryan got famous losing a lot, right? That's the thing that made everybody rally around him. I, I like that they haven't really tried to change that model uh, now that he's back. Anyway, we'll table that because we got a lot more Dillinger and Orton and Bryan to get into here on the show. Uh, let's go back. We've got uh, uh, we've got the new day coming out. They're going to do a pancakes cooking demonstration. So uh, they're in the ring. They talk about defending against the bar at Super Showdown this Saturday, and admits they've been a bit off when it comes to the bar as of late. They introduce uh, the staffer who often appears in segments and reveals that he's the one who cooks their pancakes in- each week. They introduce him as Chef Mister Bootyworth. Everybody loves Mister Bootyworth. Uh, they go on and they get interrupted by the bar. Seamus says it looks like they've got another week of the New Day coming out and acting like children, playing 
with food instead of training for a title match. Wood says the bar is ruining their pilot filming. Cesaro asks how you can ruin something that's already awful, and he says that they're here to help. Seamus reminds Cesaro is from Switzerland. The Swiss are exceptional with pastries. Fact. And Seamus taunts him, and the bar turns the table over. Brawl breaks out. Seamus gets sent to the ring. They go to triple team Cesaro, but Seamus throws a bunch of flour at the New Day. The bar takes out Kofi with a ring post shot. Uh, they double team Big E uh, with the assisted white noise, and the bar stands tall to a mixed reaction. They turn their attention to Mr. Birdie, Bootyworth. They take his hat. They fill it with pancake batter. They put it on his head. They humiliate him. Cesaro dumps the rest of the batter over the guy next to him, and they yell as they leave the ring, standing tall uh, with the title belts as their music hits. Yeah, you know, uh, for what it is to, to build the match, I don't think this, you know, sold any WWE Network subscriptions, but, you know, it felt like a classic wrestling angle, right? You got to watch a, a nerdy little white guy get some pancake stuff thrown on by a couple baddies. You know, you know who that was, right? Mr. Bootiesworth? Yeah. I I I don't know who Mr. Brody. I have a guess. It's not Dewey, is it? It's Dewey. Is that Dewey Foley? Dewey Foley. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I kind of thought it was. He's lost weight. He, he has lost weight. Yeah, that's why I didn't know. I was like, yeah. is that Dewey? He, he, he's one of the. He he often writes and produces the New Day segments. That's why they, he's all often in the things with them. I didn't want to say it and sound dumb. I'm yeah, glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, you brought it up. Yeah, it's Dewey. Yeah, he's lost. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Mrs. Foley's baby boy's baby boy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I watch it with my girlfriend uh, who's not in the wrestling business by any stretch. And she's like, wow, look how hard that guy is trying not to laugh right now. He's having like the most fun of his entire life. He's getting to hang out with wrestlers and they're pranking him and stuff. It is. It's like a game of can they get Dewey Foley to break? I feel like he's Yeah. Well, and if you, yeah, if you watch his face, he definitely was holding it in as the batter gets tossed on him. Yeah, uh, it, you know, but back to kind of how does this play into Super Showdown? I don't know that this. I don't really know what you do to make this uh, more interesting. It's not a highly emotional feud. We've seen these guys work together a whole lot. Both very reliable. Uh, Raj, what do, what do you what do you expect from this tag match? What would you like to see coming out of it at Super Showdown? Um, okay, uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound overly negative because I found SmackDown to be. Uh, a lot better than Raw, actually. Um, I found it easier to watch. I, I hated this segment. I, I, but this is something like my nine-year-old daughter. If she saw it, she'd probably be wanting to see the match. So but this was something for kids. Um, but you know, I, I, I love the New Day. Uh, I love the Usos, and I love the Bar. I think they're super talented tag teams. Um, I guess you know, uh, this is something for kids, and that just doesn't necessarily appeal to me. But. I think they're going to have a fantastic match. They always do. Yeah, I, I agree. And there is it, SmackDown does walk that line where some of their stuff is plain like eight-year-olds. Like, if I was a kid watching this, I thought that was hilarious. And I'd have probably gone and dumped batter over my brother's head uh, and uh, infuriate my mom or something stupid like that, having said I watched it on TV. Um, so, yeah, fluff stuff. That, that's for your younger brother. Let's flip to the stuff for your older brother. You got Ty Dillinger versus Randy Orton here. Something that does have a little gravity to it. I've always been a big Ty Dillinger fan. I think he's an underrated talent. Uh, he's always been able to take the ball and run with it when he was given a developmental and NXT. For whatever reason, hasn't been given the opportunity to, to bridge the gap. Well, here he is. He's getting to work with a really high-level uh, opponent here in, in Randy Orton. This is his chance to, to fire back. Do you think that Ty Dillinger delivered on this opportunity, Justin? 
I do for what it was, you know, um, as I mentioned earlier, when I was using the comparison of what Joe and Styles need to do in Australia, uh, I, I, I like the fact that we did not get a match. We did not get a, you know, let's lock up, you know, ring the bell. Let's lock up. Let's have a match. I like the fact that this was just a fight that it, 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 it had a grudge to it. Um, it shows a different side of Ty Dillinger that we don't normally see. He's normally just counting to 10. So uh, I, I thought this was, this, I thought for what it was, it was good. It was just, it was just a, a fight. I, and I think WWE needs to exercise uh, this booking decision a little bit more often, not not overkill, but I think there's often times where they need to let uh, a, a match not even take place, but just let it turn into just you know kind of let, let all let, let all hell break loose, so to speak. Uh, I, I think that you know I think that can go a long way, and rarely does rarely when you do something like that, when you try to really up the aggression, rarely does that flop. You at least or you at least grab people's attention and go, okay, it wasn't just the predictable match where Ty loses, you know. So you know. yeah, definitely. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Ash. Yeah. No, did this seem to you like it's uh, the start of a long-term feud where they're going to head this down to Survivor Series with Randy Orton and Ty? Or did this seem like it's just something for TV for the next few weeks until they move on to Orton's next feud? Because remember last week, uh, was it last week or the week before, where Orton teased having a next victim? I can't imagine that they meant Ty, but Ty would be someone that they put in that spot, you know, fill in for Orton to feud with until – until they move on to that person, whether it's Ray, uh, you know, whoever it is, AJ. Um, I don't know who else you could be. Um, I, I think Jeff Hardy, that's, it seemed like a, Hell in Cell seemed like a blow off, but it, uh, it definitely could be um, because they don't have many other people that it could be. Man, Orton Ray, you said that, and that stuck with me. That seems like a real good thing for him. I think that Ray would be a great feud, and then you get the whole mass stuff, which Orton has been really always traditionally very good with telling that story. You know what this – feud right here dill and this hit me as we were talking what dillinger orton reminds me of is sammy callahan eddie edwards and eddie edwards was white meat you know vanilla not i mean pretty vanilla baby face over an impact and he got into that feud with sammy callahan because he got his eyeball busted open and came out the other side of it an edgier more aggressive more three-dimensional personality and i think eddie edwards is now more valuable because of that feud i hope that ty dillinger gets a little bit of that same rub out of this one with Orton because Orton's in a good place right now. And if Ty Dillinger can get on this ride and allow himself to go to a darker place and allow himself to flush out more as a personality, which I think he will, uh, this has all the, you know, and that's the thing is he doesn't necessarily need to beat Randy Orton. He just needs to come out a stronger performer on the other side. And I think he's, I think he's capable of that. I mean, when you're working with Randy Orton, I mean, that's a, there's a certain rub right there, but I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not expecting that. I'm not. I'm not holding that expectation of this. I mean, you know, uh, the, the, I mean, this could literally. You know, we might. You know, we'll, we'll get a match between these two. You know, we'll get an actual match now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I'm. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure if this is going to be what's going to take Ty Dillinger to that next level. And then, let's, re- uh, let's remember, you don't always necessarily get a rub working with the top guys, right? Uh, if you're treated like a joke, it, it could have the opposite effect. I mean, just look back at Zack Ryder. Right? He was putting that feud with Cena and Kane and Eve Torres, and that just destroyed his career. And he's, you know, he's I, been... you know I continue to I'll double down on this one because I said it last week, too. I think Ty Dillinger is going to do I think he's going to surprise people here in this one. And I don't know if he's going to try to run over Randy Orton with his car or whatever, what extreme he's going to take this to to try to, to battle against this you know, so, you know, psychopath, Randy Orton. Um, but I think, I think he's going to go there. I think we're going to see this escalate, and I think that people will get behind Ty. 
Do you see Vince McMahon as seeing Ty as someone he's going to give that kind of a a rub to? Like he's going to have Ty be the guy to to try to run down Randy Orton with the car. I don't. I don't know that he's going to have Orton end. I don't think that he's he's going to have Dillinger beat Randy Orton in the end. But I do think you're going to see or uh, Dillinger give the chance to become a much more volatile threat and become more imposing. And I don't know if this gets him to where he wants to be fully, but I definitely think it's going to get him a step in the right direction to where he he's possible and his potential in WWE. The only the only way this results in some major career changing moment uh, and feud for Ty Dillinger is Randy Orton is one of a select few people. Uh, who who had who who's on that same level uh, with Cena or, or Undertaker or, or or Triple H or you know those people to Vince in terms of like unless Orton works with Ty on some house shows if Orton's even doing house shows I'm not even sure uh, if he works with Ty on house shows we, you know does a TV match or two unless he comes and goes to Vince and says this there there's a lot that we're not doing with this kid that we need to do like that's the kind of thing that like you know you, you, that'll that can change things because because you know Vince will value the opinion of somebody like that. But otherwise, I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, this is a wait and see. Time will tell. This this was a, a flurry of action that caught my attention. And, uh, you know, they're either going to run. They're going to let Ty run with it or they're going to allow Orton to spin off. So, And, t- and Ty has pretty much done st- stop doing the, the 10 chance, right? I was surprised the crowd wasn't doing more 10 stuff when he was getting his heat on, on Randy Orton there. Well, Vince, uh, Vince hated that. So, you know, that's a good thing if, if they did, because I think he's more likely to push Ty if they're no longer chanting 10. Well, they're not. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, lastly, last thing I'll say on this one, I love the creativity that Randy Orton has right now when it comes to mutilating people's bodies. That finger oh. spot in the turnbuckle was perfect, right? And this is... This is when you know you've you've hit it, right? When you don't really even have you don't have to fall down, you don't even have to move. You just kind of have to slightly apply pressure to a man's finger, and the whole crowd thinks you're nuts in the most vicious thing in the locker room. I love it. That's the sign of a true veteran right there. Next week, next week is gonna be delivering paper cuts to the wedge and then and the webbing <laughs> of their fingers. Dumping lemon juice on it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, he's been talking to the UK guys, you know, so uh, all right, we'll go uh, now. We got still to come here, Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin, but Benjamin's backstage warming up when the Miz walks in, and Miz says, you're welcome, and says he saw Benjamin's recent tweet. Sorry, just dumb reading it. <laughs> saw his recent tweet about wanting a match and agrees that Benjamin is overlooked. Miz says Benjamin is the real deal. Miz says he can put in a call to get Benjamin the match with Goat Boy, and Miz asks Benjamin if he's going to beat Bryan, and he says yes, and Miz says... Benjamin needs to do more than that. He needs to hurt Brian. He needs to maim him. He needs to make a statement. And Benjamin says his statement is that he's been sitting on the bench waiting to remind everyone how good he is and Brian is just a casualty. Miz says that he wanted to hear that and he'll be on commentary to see the match. They shake hands. So a little, you know, WWE 2K19 backstage segment here. Two heels talking to each other. Um, That's what it felt like to me. I want to believe they're going to get behind Shelton Benjamin, but it does kind of just seem like he's been brought in to just kind of fill the slot when needed with a, with a viable wrestling personality. Uh, I'll go to you first this time, Raj. Uh, what do you think of uh, Benjamin's attitude at the moment? Uh, I mean, I like Shelton Benjamin. Um, as a personality, uh, he doesn't do much for me. I, I liked the pairing that he had with Gable. I thought they could have done a lot more with that. Um, but, you know, I just think, 
if the point of this is still to have the Miz beat Daniel Bryan this Sunday, I think they're just they're just throwing ice on Daniel Bryan. And you know, to your point earlier about Daniel Bryan losing, getting him over, that was a different time. And when they did that, you notice every time they do, you know, every week it was more the fans protesting and, and getting more behind Bryan with that protest. And his reactions were getting louder and louder, and he's getting more and more over. That's not happening this time. Every time he's losing, getting punked out. Uh, you know, fans are caring less and less. They they'll do the yes chance when he comes out, and that and that's kind of yes. And that's yes, that's kind of it. Uh, they'll react to some of his spots, but he's not near as over uh, with each week that this feud has been going on. Now, if it comes back to where you try to put steam back on him, have him win the Royal Rumble, I mean, they could definitely get him back. Daniel Bryan has that. He's still a superstar. He has that uh, connection with the fans, and they can still bring it back. But th- this is not. This is not the same thing as w- what happened last time when when he was on you know losing well, a lot. So well, I think if he's losing the Miz uh, this Saturday, I think this was just I just don't think it, it, there was any point in having him lose tonight. I think we also I think we also have to remember when when, when making that comparison, Raj, to uh, how over is Brian compared to compared to the to, to the 2013-2014 run to WrestleMania 30? We got to remember. <laughs> Oh my God! What happened? <laughs> my protein shake. Oh, shocked at what you're saying, Justin. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, we have to we have to remember that in that in that run, you know, SummerSlam of 2013, he's working with John Cena. All right, then he go then 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 it's the whole thing about him not, you know, then 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 it's the the whole thing with he and Kane that that was over like Rover. Then it's him not being in the Rumble at Pittsburgh where he gets booed, and then, then it's working with Triple H uh, and Batista and Randy Orton all in a night to 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 to. Uh, become champ, you know, and, and it was in the time where the most eyes are on the company between January and, and, and WrestleMania. So I do think there is something to it that we are in the, you know, we're in a downtime. He's on SmackDown, which is traditionally less viewed. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think the Miz is a big deal as we've discussed, but I mean, I think, I think it's, it's also, it's really tough to compare that. It, it's going to, it's going to be hard to ever match that, that run that he had and that popularity just because for, for all the factors are, they're going into a milestone WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30. I mean, it, there's, there was just a lot of things. I think that's hard to duplicate that uh, when, when judging Brian's temperature. And let's not forget that wasn't the plan. Uh, the right. plan was not for Brian to go on into the main event of that WrestleMania. Oh, I, I, booking... <laughs> I, I, I was sitting front row here in Pittsburgh for that rumble. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> they were booking for Brian to face Sheamus that year. It was going to be CM Punk and Triple H, and then uh, Randy Orton, Batista, and all these crazy things happened that you know that got Brian into that main event. You know, with Punk quitting and then Batista not getting over. Uh, so it was, it was one of those. It wasn't like some stroke of genius that they had this losing streak that that was meant to culminate in WrestleMania. They had this losing streak that was meant to that was not meant to get Daniel Bryan in the main event. It was meant to have him go on feud with Sheamus and not you know not be in the world title picture for a while. And even and even when he won the world title, they had him running away from Kane, and they you know he he was secondary to the Evolution uh, Shield Shield feud. That's why I say, you know, I, I think that there's going to be an organicness here. Or, I, you know, I don't know that WWE do it intentionally or unintentionally. Like you said, you know, it wasn't ever the real plan. But they're booking Daniel Bryan the way they booked him before. And at a certain point, the fans go, what the WTF, yo? What are, you, what are you guys doing here? We love this guy. Why are you booking him like this? And that's where you get that kind of organic, heartfelt yes. Not the packaged, here, please continue to do this because this guy wins. Which I think then at a certain point, you 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 do level out. I think the fans have to feel that kind of genuine "what are you doing right now" kind of attitude. That's that's what gets them behind them, and that's what pushes Daniel Bryan into those situations 
where you want him to succeed because you know that they that he's not been given those chances so many times. I don't know if that rest was completely perfectly said or not, but that's what I that's how I feel. So, um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I loved this next segment. I love everything about what's going on right now with Aiden Rusev and Lana. Um, we come back. Uh, Rusev and Lana are out in the ring. Rusev calls Aiden to reveal this bogus footage that he supposedly has. English comes out and says the evidence is right here. But first, he has some facts about Milwaukee. Lana says he's stalling and he has nothing. And English says he's just providing context. Aiden introduces One Night in Milwaukee, an allusion to sexually explicit films. Um, And then the video opens with English talking into the phone, apparently in a hotel room. He's got his shirt off. He's wearing his trunks. It looks like English was working on the promo from uh, for that night. And there's a knock on the door and it's Lana. And Lana said she didn't have a lot of time, but she wants to get something off her chest, something that's been she's been thinking about for a long time. And the video cuts off right after Lana says, I want you. Now, it looks like Rusev is asking Lana what's up with this video. And English says he wants to show us the rest of the video, but he can't yet because of legal reasons. And English says he's entertaining a large offer from Wrestling Inc. for the video. No, he said to TMZ. And he wouldn't want to cheat on them. And Rusev and Lana argue in the ring. And Lana says it's not how it looks. Rusev exits. Chasing English to the back. Lana stands alone. I texted you right after this, Justin. It is nearly exactly what I storyboarded last week on this very program. <laughs> Uh, which is what they did all the time in the Attitude Era, right? I'm a heel. I've got incriminating evidence. I'm only going to show you half. I'm going to get you f- upset. Next week, we're going to get the rest of this video. Rusev's going to beat down Aiden and then off into to whatever else the may be for these people. Correct? Is that you yeah, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll finally see the full-length video, and it's going to be, Aiden, I want you to start uh, walking faster to the ring. It's going to be some ridiculous thing about that, that she's asking him to do. Uh, all in the presentation. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is fun. I, I wish <laughs> I know that I know they chose TMZ because TMZ is like the most notable paparazzi. I wish they would have said Gawker, just given the whole Hulk Hogan stuff. <laughs> <in the> video. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just me. Um, no, this was uh, this was fun. This is good. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I love the Attitude Era. Of, you know, that, that's how we label this now is Attitude Era soap opera. It's 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 nothing original, but it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Raj, any other thoughts on? On the one night in Milwaukee segment, I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Lana was telling Aiden that she wants him to stop associating with Rusev. Uh, some people pointing out that SmackDown hasn't had a, a show in Milwaukee uh, since you know Rusev Day was created, but why let uh, why let the the facts get in the way of a a story? I, again, this is one of those things that um, it's entertaining and stuff. So uh, it was good, but does this and you know, I hope I hope this means more for Aiden English going forward because I think he's a talented guy. I was worried he's going to get lost in the shuffle with this feud, and he still might after it's over. But you know, he keeps doing stuff like this, and, and I think it's looking better for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Kind of almost in this, he's like a more evolved Ty Dillinger. I hope Ty Dillinger can take the ball and run with it to the point that Aiden has with this, and and really kind of found himself. Uh, we move on to Daniel Bryan. Versus Shelton Benjamin, The Miz is sitting ringside doing commentary. We already kind of started talking about this a little bit earlier, Justin, how you thought they were laying the uh, the groundwork here for the AJ Styles Miz feud here with Miz on commentary. I guess most shockingly here, uh, well, not completely clean, but Shelton Benjamin beat Daniel Bryan. I was relatively shocked by that, uh, even all things considered. Uh, Justin, right call here? 
Uh, for sure. I mean, you know, it gets more people, you know, it gets Shelton involved, you know, it gets him on TV. Uh, you know, nobody thinks any less of Daniel Bryan. It was, he, he, Daniel Bryan lost because of the Miz interference. So it, you know, it keeps that going. So, I mean, yeah, everything makes sense here. Um, you know, they could have gone the other, it could have gone opposite. It could have been Daniel Bryan beats Shelton Benjamin and then, okay. But you know, this, this at least gets Shelton to win whether or not now they, whether or not they build off of it and it matters next week in the world of Shelton Benjamin, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I thought the commentary was a shining point, as the Miz does. Uh, you know, I again, I, I like it because he's he's pulling from real life message board kind of stuff. He's you know, wrestler and, and poking fun. It, 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 it's a true divide and true debate amongst wrestling fans today, amongst fans that watch the, what we call professional wrestling. So I, I thought it was good, good call to get Shelton to win. I mean, if you actually think about it, you know, our truth beats uh, all Miss, which in a little way you can kind of be surprised by in some regard. Uh, you know. Because our crew in 2018 beats uh, Andrade Almas. You got Shelton Benjamin beats Daniel Bryan. So at least you can say SmackDown, uh, you know, we, we don't get a traditional match where Ty Dillinger loses. We get the fight that we talked about between he and Orton. So we can at least give SmackDown credit. At least they're trying not to be too predictable in, in, in how they format some of the stuff, which is good. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, I you know, it did put a little bit more heat on, on Brian and Miz. And Shelton Benjamin got a win. I, I don't know where you go with that, though, though. I just, I don't know where you go with Shelton Benjamin right now. It's no no bite to me with Shelton at the moment, unfortunately. Um, any final thoughts here, Raj, from you on, on this on this segment? Uh, you know, again, I, I come from the old school where wins and losses should mean something. Uh, and kind of what your point was, Nick, if you're not if you're not going anywhere with Shelton, which I'm guess I'm pretty sure they're not, uh, why haven't beat one of your top guys, especially when uh, you know, they're in a feud. I know you're adding heat to Daniel Bryan and the Miz, but I, I just don't think these losses are helping Daniel Bryan. Like, you know, I would the one time that they did have him lose and, uh, you know, the fans were with him, that, that's a formula that very rarely works. When you when you keep beating some, you know, somebody, how many other times has that worked? And I just, again, I think Daniel Bryan is colder and colder each week. I don't think this loss was necessary. Yeah, it, it's interesting because we're talking about, you know, it sounds like the way we've been talking, it sounds like we're favoring the fact that Miz is probably going to beat Daniel Bryan at Super Showdown. Um, but if that's the case, I would have liked Daniel Bryan to maybe gotten distracted by Miz, turned around. Shelton's going to try to do something. He dodges it. He still picks up the victory, even though Miz tried to outsmart him. So that going into the bout, if Daniel Bryan loses, at least he's not looking like a, a dope who, who just lost twice in a row. So, it, honestly, as much as we've been talking about Miz coming out, the way this was booked, it almost felt to me like Daniel Bryan would pick up the victory over Miz on Saturday. Uh, does that sound weird when I when I laid out like a math equation, Justin? No, I mean that's I mean that that's that's a funny but uh, sometimes accurate way to um, to try to explain this stuff. I mean. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're all going on the assumption that, that the Miz is going to win uh, at in Australia. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they really do fool us. Maybe we get a babyface, baby, you know, Survivor Series is a big show in LA, so maybe they give us the babyface, babyface dream match uh, of, of AJ versus Brian. Who knows? But um, you know, one more thing to the Shelton point. Who knows? Maybe you know. Again, maybe they have a plan to this. Maybe you know, Miz always does better because of his gimmick of uh, being you know, the A lister. Um, you know, he always does better when he has an entourage, whether it's the beat, whether it's Axel in Dallas, whether it's having Maurice. Uh, whether you know whether it was Alex Riley back in the day, there's a name we haven't said. Um, I, I could, I'd be fine with Shelton Benjamin dressed up in a suit, being kind of like his, like his personal secret service, and, and then Benjamin getting to have some matches because he's back associated with the Miz. I mean, look, it's no, it, it's it's no worse than it's no worse than anything else they've done with Shelton Benjamin. I, mean, I, I did, you know, as Rush, and I did like Benjamin and Gable. I thought that was at least a nice 
uh, substitution for Gable as a tag partner since Jason Jordan got split from them. Uh, but they've obviously moved away from that. So uh, maybe they do have a plan for for a Benjamin Benjamin getting more TV time, and that would then make that win make sense because Benjamin would go to the Miz and say, "Hey, look, you got me a match. I got a win. This makes sense. Let's 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 continue the business partnership." Yeah, and Nick, when you when you refer to it as a mathematical equation, we call that WWE math, where whoever you know is left laying or loses uh, the show before the pay per view ends, you know, usually that bodes well for them as far as winning. It feels like that happens like 70, 80% of the time. So using WWE math, yeah, that would seem to suggest that Daniel Bryan uh, beats The Miz. But to your point, Justin, yeah, it did seem like they were definitely building to AJ and The Miz. Um, so we'll see. They could always go to that after as well. Um, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, we're a little tight on time. Uh, so I'm going to breeze through this uh, these quick segments here. we got to recap from Raw. Uh, we got, uh, you know, later tonight, we're gonna get Becky coming back, uh, for a big surprise. Uh, we had Naomi in the ring. Uh, then she plugged the WWE 2018 breast cancer awareness Club campaign with Susan G. Komen. Uh, Dana warrior was a part of this segment as well. And then we got, uh, Oscar versus Peyton Royce. Now, of course, Oscar and Naomi are going to be taking the Iconics, uh, at super showdown where I would guess the Iconics will be like Elvis, right? Cause they're very. Uh, they're they're New Zealanders or Aussies? Are they Aussies? I think they're Australian. They're right? Aussies, yeah. I thought so. All right, wacky New Zealanders. They kind of sound like Aussies. Um, uh, Oscar Peyton Royce here. You know, again, not a whole lot to write home about. I'm not shocked at all that Oscar beat uh, Peyton Royce. The Iconics. Um, are, I'm, it's another NXT act that didn't really make the bridge. What's going on here? You know, I don't know. That's all I was thinking watching this. Justin, look, it's, it's apples and oranges. NXT is in front of the same crowd for TV every week or, or in the bundle of, of shows that they tape for weeks. Uh, it, it's, it's got that it's got that underground independent vibe. It's got that we're the revolution against the 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 watered down Raw and SmackDown. It, it's just not the same. You know, it's just not the same. You're going, you know, you're in front of a, you know, you're in front of an audience that's ten times the size every week. That's that's younger. It's more it's more spread out demographically. That you know. They're not all hardcore fans. It, it, it's a different thing. You know, it's, it's very, you know, very few acts can, you know, Elias obviously is a huge exception. Very few acts can really make that same thing, you know, and Elias is bigger now than he was in NXT. That's kind of the, the thing. You know, it, 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 comparing NXT success to, to Raw and SmackDown is, is an apples to oranges for a lot of reasons. That said, I think, you know, as Triple H always talks about that we hear on the media calls of us, they really need to, to get into having NXT truly, it, it needs to truly be a two-way street. You know, right now it still has that that call up feel where people go from NXT and go to Raw and SmackDown. But it needs to be, hey, if we don't got, hey, if you know what, we don't have a lot for Shelton Benjamin right now on SmackDown, let's let him go to NXT and do some matches. Or if you know what, Samoa Joe's not going to be on the top half of a car on Raw or SmackDown, let's let Joe go be in the top of the car at NXT. Like they need to make it truly three brands um, and, and not and, and try to get rid of any any thought of a AAA to to majors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like the problem with the Iconics too is you get the heel heat like Elias and stuff like that, where it's entertaining. You want them to get theirs, but it's entertaining and and it's kind of fun to watch. Or, or the Miz, or um, you know Paul Heyman, or Samoa Joe, yada yada yada. The Iconics make you feel corny watching them, and make you feel like, what the hell am I watching? Why why am I watching this stuff? Uh, and and that's the problem with the Iconics. They're 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 cringeworthy heel heat. Um, it does. It's like, you know, I was talking about it earlier, but it is. It's like one segment for your younger brother, one segment for your older brother, right? Like, they kind of go, it's like you're either in a blood feud or you're talking with crazy words popping up on the screen. And then you can't watch the show with anyone. 
<laughs> you do it that way. Well, uh, they've uh, definitely been courting the female audience as well. Uh, we got the in the, the closing segment here. Becky Lynch again. Um, man, I am all about what they are doing with Becky Lynch right now. Uh, so Becky closes the show. Um, she's uh, She comes out. She's got a mixed reaction. She talks about how she's been the best thing going since she took the title at SummerSlam. She's made the SmackDown Women's Division the hottest thing in WWE. She goes on and shows a video package of the feud with Charlotte. Another Becky, Chan bre- Becky chant breaks out. She says she's proven time and time again that she owns Charlotte. Becky says she can still get the re- she she still can't get the respect that she deserves. She wonders where are her magazine covers and action figures with the title where the title are at. Becky goes on about how her face is the face of the company, and if no one will give her these opportunities, she's just going to take them herself. Yes! So, uh, she shows us the new Super Showdown poster she's designed, uncovers it, drum roll, it features only her with a foot on Charlotte Flair. She says Super Showdown isn't about Undertaker versus Triple H. It's about Becky defending her title for the first time. Charlotte comes out. She rushes, rushes the ring. They brawl. She got uh, Flair spears uh, uh, Becky to mostly booze. Uh, Charlotte launches Becky into the poster. Uh, she applies the figure four, hangs off the eight, tightening the hold. Fans are chanting for Becky as Flair brings it back to the ring to booze. Flair delivers a woo, stands over Becky as her music hits. The announcers hype Flair versus Lynch, and uh, Flair exits to her music. Um, Becky recovers the ring, clutches the title. That's how we end the show. A uh, hell of a job putting some uh, fire on this. This. I'm more interested in the SmackDown women's title match than the men's title match, uh, which started the show. Uh, Raj, did you uh, like Becky's big reveal segment here? I did. I, th- I think uh, I think Becky has been uh, someone that has really taken the ball and run with it. I think Becky and Charlotte, in a lot of ways, is the most interesting thing that's going on in WWE right now. I think Becky, uh, her segments are, yeah, probably the most interesting. You know, Ronda Rousey, We'll probably get the biggest pops because she is such a superstar right now uh, when she comes out and people react to that, you know, superstar. But I think once it gets going, Becky is probably the most over woman on the roster right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the segment. Everything Becky Lynch does is straight fire, pun intended. And I'll say this, you know, with Roman Reigns, you know, you get the overwhelm, you get the booze, but you know, there still is people out there cheering for Roman Reigns. He still is, you know, he has that scene effect. He does have his demo, and you know, if Roman Reigns can't make it to a house show, you know, they're they're issuing refunds and things like that. Charlotte Flair is getting a whole lot of booze, and I don't think it's, I don't think that she has, a, you know, there. She truly does have the the Roman issue. Um, I, I they I don't I don't know if there's anybody really cheering for. Her. I think I think Becky truly has captivated everybody. Uh, no matter what your demo is, no matter how hardcore of a wrestling fan you are or casual or what your age is i think she's really grabbing everybody but yeah wwe is trying to um continue you know painting charlotte as the baby face and and becky as the heel and the more they try to paint the the more people are are cheering for becky so uh, no matter what though people are engaged to this and and i kind of agree with you nick i'm 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 more interested in watching this than i am joe and styles and someone in the chat pointed out like the women's evolution should be more of this and i 100 percent agree more of the single uh the single stuff and, and more attention paid on the individual women as opposed to just clumping them all together and they're all buddies and just always randomly hanging out at you know ringside for each other's matches this is what's getting over do more of this yeah and and not just with the women i think this goes for the men as well this is something wwe did a lot in the 90s that i think people 
really loved, I know people really loved, which was let the fans pick who they like and they hate. You know, very reminiscent of Steve Austin, Bret Hart. You know, they did the, there was kind of a double turn there without either guy having to really change their persona. The fans did the double turn for them. And uh, I think that's very much what we're seeing right now. It's very organic. The fans feel empowered by that. And they're going to be more invested uh, because they're feeling listened to uh, when it comes to the, the booking of these of these two. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I know we got a lot of other stuff. I, we don't have much time. So right. I'm going to touch on this real quick. You know, you mentioned they should do this elsewhere. And again, I think one of the things that's hurting Raw right now is you got three titles tag, you know, stuck in one feud. Uh, that feels like it's been going on forever with, you know, Strowman Reigns uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the pack and, and the shield. Uh, Raw this past week doing 2.3 uh, oh, 02 million viewers, the lowest they've ever done uh, for a show on a show that included Shawn Michaels advertised ahead of time to save him for the end. Uh, that hour almost did lower than 2 million viewers, which uh, two years ago, going under 3 million viewers would have been unheard of. So I think this three on three feud is doing nothing. And it's the individual stuff that usually works. And, and you're seeing that on raw as well. It is the opposite of what I just described, which is allowing the fans to pick who they like and they hate and organically following that energy. I don't get what they're doing with Braun Strowman on Raw. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they, don't want, they don't want to beat him. And so instead of just having him do something else, uh, they, they're still finding a way to have him feud with Roman Reigns without having uh, them do a singles feud. And it's just, it's just killing everything. Um, it's just boring. Uh, it's hard to watch. It's just uh, redundant. It sucks. And, they, I, and I, you know, I had a hard time sitting through raw and I'm sometimes I'm glad when I see these numbers, cause I'm like, hopefully this, this wakes them up. But as history shows, it usually does. It's almost like, you know, because they do want to protect Braun, but they don't want to let him be the guy they run with. That's still Roman. It's almost like they'd be better off just keeping Braun and Roman on separate shows. That's just, that would be the best solution possible because you know, I'm a huge Braun fan. I've been a fan of his uh, far before the, ma- the rest of the masses were, and 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 he's got so much to offer, uh, as we've as we've as we've seen the lightning in the bottle that he captured before they did this heel turn. Uh, yeah, Braun- they'd be better off putting them separate separate shows. Braun Strowman was a runaway truck filled with money. Why they decided to turn that man heel and partner up with Drew and Dolph is I don't get it. It goes against everything they pushed from the beginning with Braun, you know, since since he left the Wyatt set. The whole WrestleMania angle, no one could he couldn't team with anyone. Like and that's just this past year's WrestleMania. We're not talking about years ago and things have changed. So um it's just there's so many other things. You could have Roman in, in so many other singles feuds right now. Keep Braun strong. You got then you got two top single stars, but you muddied the waters. You got the six man tag feud with no stakes. It it just sucks. Um, so there's that. I mean, it's also football season again, so I feel like we got to say the other things that come along with sure. football seasons every year. It's, yeah. That's a crutch, you know. Um, there's last last week they had all the season premieres and football, so it's it's one thing uh, if it's if it's Monday night football just start airing on Monday nights this year, but it's every year. Um, now I, I do have to run. Uh, I have to go interview Brian Cage here in a couple minutes. So I do apologize for having to cut it short for that reason, but, um, I'm going to release that and I'm going to do the full super showdown preview. I've got a new podcast dropping tomorrow on the wrestling Inc audio channel. Uh, maybe become a video cast here. We don't know, but I'm going to have a lot of guests. I've got David Arquette, I've got sports Illustrated's Justin Brasso. I'll, I'll drop the cage interview as part of that as well. It's going to be dropping tomorrow. I will do a full super showdown 
preview at the top of that show as well, since we couldn't get to it here. So please go subscribe on iTunes and you'll get that then. Um, but we we will close the show here talking about Rey Mysterio coming back, SmackDown 1000. Uh, Raj, you got me so excited earlier when you brought up the idea of Ray possibly pairing off with Randy Orton, and I I want that feud. That's that's what that's what I want right now. What are your expectations of Ray at SmackDown 1000? I know just with ethnicity, people are expecting probably Ray and Andrade Cien Almas, uh, but I do like that too. I like I like Ray and Orton. I think that uh, that's I, I, I'm. I'm I can't remember them feuding before. I'm sure they have many times. It's not sticking out, but uh, I think that would be a money feud. So it's finally happening. It's been talked about since January. It's a, apparently signed by PW Insider, two-year deal for Ray, and he'll be at SmackDown, uh, SmackDown Super Show. Again, this shows the difference between Raw and SmackDown, how hard they push Raw 1000. SmackDown 1000 is kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're mentioning it here and there. Mm-hmm. I, said, I said last week I could see Almas and Ray. I could see Almas, you know, saying, you know, you're, you're the old Mexican whatever I, I'm, I'm 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 what represents mexico you know mexicans in wrestling today uh almost and ray i could definitely see and most importantly they'll be it'll be smackdown 1000 inside of the capital one arena as they will be underneath the beautiful capital washington capital stanley cup banner which we raised tonight by the way all right well there we go now we've completely veered off from wrestling so i feel like this is an appropriate time to come to an end uh please guys engage with us on social media wrestling inc on twitter wrestling inc on facebook leave us your thoughts leave us your comments Share this out. Spread the word. We are here every Wednesday at noon Eastern. Punditine, me and Labar will be here every week on Wednesday. Raj will be in and out. Glenn will be here. We've got a lot of other great content post-Raw uh, chats with Matt Morgan. Of course, I'm dropping my new show, The Winkly, tomorrow uh, again, which will have David Arquette, Justin Brasso, Brian Cage, whole slew of great talent, a lot of great interviews, the Super Showdown preview. Uh, I'm Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Justin, where do you want to send people to find you? At Justin Labar. Thank you. And Raj, how about you? At Raj Geary 303. There you go. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.